0: another episode of inside the recording studio i am jody whitesides and with me as always is mr chris hellstrom how are you today chris
1: physically i'm doing fine jody but i'm having myself a morning as i shared before we started rolling here i'll leave it at that i'm good how are you i'm all right i'm not gonna complain that's right Good. Yeah, I've done all the complaining that I'm going to do today. I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum here. All right. So I'm straight going go into our topic here. And today we are talking reverbs, specifically our favorite reverb emulations of gear. Yes. Mostly, sort of, kind of thing here. I mean, so, mostly, uh, kind of,
0: sort of. I think that's exactly what it is.
1: Well, maybe I bend the rules a little bit on some of <laughs> my selections here. But, maybe. Uh, I will make a case for them. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, reverb makes it into, I'm going to say it, every mix that we do. It's an integral part for just about every mix, even if it's just in there a little bit and you kind of make something in your face. But we all use reverb. Let's jump straight to the picks, right? But what's right. your first favorite reverb that is an emulation of, of hardware? What would you mention?
0: I've mentioned it multiple times on the podcast in the past. It is the Universal Audio Lexicon 224. Right. That is by far and away my favorite workhorse of a reverb emulation. And it emulates, of all things, the Lexicon 224. What (laughs) coincidence. What a coincidence that it's named (laughs) exactly what it emulates. Right. The beauty of it is, obviously, that Universal Audio licenses the name and the algorithms that they used from Lexicon, to create the 224. What makes it so awesome? It's a digital reverb. What else makes it really awesome? It's an amazing-sounding digital reverb. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. If you want to hear what a classic vocal reverb sounds like in some amazingly huge album from an era gone Anytime, past, right? yeah, yeah. the Lexicon 224 is likely to be behind that. That's how amazing it is, is so many big studios had that unit because it sounds that amazing.
1: Yeah, the 224 and obviously the the 480 as well, right? But it's still in use. And I think that's that classic sound, right, that we hear a lot that we try to emulate. And it's stood the test of time because it just sounds so awesome. So do you have... A 480 as well that you'd like to go to? I know you're really fond of the 224.
0: I do have the 480L as well, which is also a Universal Audio licensed reverb emulation of the Lexicon 480L. I do not use it nearly as much. The main reason for that is the interface, while similar-esque, is much more complicated. Really? Yeah, I find it not nearly as simplistic in its design. And it doesn't mean that the 480L doesn't sound good. It does. It's just, I haven't spent nearly as much time with it. I much prefer the 224. It's easier to get a reverb sound really quick. I've made myself quite a few presets as well that make it easier for me to dial in something that I'm hearing in my head for it. In terms of use cases with the 224, very often I use it as the initial slap or silence before the reverb hits for one setting, which Mm -hmm. gets you the intimacy before a reverb would kick in. And then I use a second instance of it as the actual tail. So I use it in two pieces often.
1: Right, and kind of blend those. Yeah, Yeah. and I
0: blend them. I also combine it sometimes where it's the initial slap with a different reverb for the tail. Quite often, I'm using two of them, which you would never do in the hardware world. The beauty of it is with the digital versions, you can do this.
1: Sure, and you can use, obviously, as many as you want, right, as your computer can handle. Yes. But I think something that you said there that was interesting, and I think it's worth repeating that while another reverb might sound equally as good, or let's say potentially even better, uh-huh. right? it doesn't really matter if your workflow is so ingrained in getting a great result from, from the 224. Uh-huh. Right? So it's like, it's a fast, you don't have to think about it and you just get to where you want to be. Yes. Right? So I think that's an important part with, with all of these choices or choices that we make with all kinds of plugins. Okay, so the 224. I actually don't have a 224. Too bad for you. <laughs> I know. What's that, your... That's why my mixes suck. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no.
0: What is your first choice here for you?
1: The one I have to go with is um, Liquid Sonics. Uh-huh. Keep that name in mind. It's going to appear here a few more times. Their 7th Heaven, which is an emulation of another reverb that we have talked about a lot, and that is the uh, Ricasti. Oh yeah, which yeah, that's wonderful sounding box, right? A hardware reverb, algorithmic reverb, but it just sounds amazing. Seventh Heaven is the emulation of that. It has so much functionality built into it, besides it's just a glorious sound, uh-huh. right? So it it's one of those things that just sounds amazing. One functionality in it that I think is really interesting. It has an automatic Ducking feature. Ooh, that's. Nice. So, so when you have signal above a certain threshold, you can adjust so that it actually ducks and essentially compresses the signal. Right. right. That's built into the plugin. All the other functionality that you want, built an EQ with it and control over just about everything. So, it's really, really deep. On the surface, you don't have to go into that incredible depth if you don't want to or indeed need to. Are they using Bricasti algorithms for that? Yeah, I think for – as with most of the stuff with liquid sonics is that they have a technology that they call Fusion IR. I can't explain because I don't understand it. But it's essentially based around IRs. It synthesizes them in a way so that you can tweak them. And adjust lengths and stuff like that. So it's very, very flexible with that. And I know they have a um, working relationship, I will say, with with Bricosti in that – with the licensing and all this kind of stuff. Strangely, they don't just
0: call it a Bricasti.
1: <laughs> well, there's probably limits to uh, the cooperation there possibly. Sure. But with the name like they have, like, it's pretty obvious what it is. And it even has the same color schemes. That we talked about GUIs a couple of episodes ago whatever. whatever. Right. So that that's my – go to first like the bricosti stuff i i just really really like okay okay so what what's your next choice that you'd like to go to that's an emulation i'm going into the camp provided
0: by eventide Ooh. yes yeah there's some pretty amazing reverbs there but there's one specifically that is their own emulation of one of their own hardware boxes that hardware box has also been used all over numerous hits, and it is the Eventide SP-2016 Reverb, which is strange when you think about it. Did that come out in 2016? No, it was a digital hardware box many, many, many years prior to that. But the plugin is the direct representation of the hardware version of the SP-2016. The beauty of the SP-2016 is the interface looking very similar to the hardware box, Is very simple. The dials on it are very obvious as to what they do. (laughs) Yeah. And it makes it another one of those reverbs that sounds really great because it's been used on a lot of things that you've heard. And the interface is easy to use. And I like it for that very fact.
1: When would be a case where you would reach for the 2016 as opposed to the 224? Just to change it up or... or
0: No, not so much. Generally speaking, my 224 is a go-to mostly on vocals or for anything that needs slap. Okay. For things where there's different ambionic nature needed, maybe it's a guitar thing or it's a synth thing or something that needs a little bit more of the ambience that the Eventide SP-2016 is going to do in a different value than the 224 will do.
1: Yeah, so this is... More
0: of... Instrumentation is the way I would think of it.
1: Right, okay. Mm -hmm. So you're creating a little bit more space around the instrument. That's the type of application that you would use that.
0: Right. More of the type of application. Not so much necessarily the only type of reverb that I would use. Yeah.
1: That's another reverb that I like as well. It's not on my list here because of boring to keep the the same picks here. But (laughs) that is a great sounding reverb. It is. It's one of those that I think possibly not many people know about it. Or it's understated. It, right, because it has the look that it does. But it, again, it does sound really, really good. And as you said, all the controls are pretty much up front, right? This is mm-hmm. what you want in a reverb, and it just sounds glorious. So what else would you want? Right. You know? What's your next pick? Well, I'm going to jog a little bit in my picks here that I got. I'm going to go with the lexicon thing again, mm-hmm. Relab, have basically a one-on-one version of the 480 and that's their lx 480 okay just like you said with the 224 the interface is right there it has all the same functionality laid out that you're used to seeing on this little box that sits on everybody's console right that little white box with a blue bottom it looks great yep Yeah, it's just the lexicon reverb. I like the sound of lexicon as well. So the two that I mentioned there, like the lexicon and the precosti are my favorites. That's another one where if I want that sound, classic sound, that's what I would go for. Again, frequently more on vocals, just like you you said, uh, would be my application for that. That's the one that they have done really, really well. The next
0: reverb that is on my list is the Universal Audio EMT-140. This is a plate reverb. Yes, it's plates, plate reverb. This particular emulation is emulating three of the units that they have at the infamous The Plant Studios in Sausalito, California. What makes this really cool is that they had three different EMT units at this studio and they modeled it based on the time frame that they modeled it meaning that for model A and model B it was the original EMT electronics that were in the plates themselves and they had not been tuned or serviced in quite some time okay some of these hardware units like plate reverbs require tuning and other L- a yeah, yeah. little TLC for them to continue sounding great, so to speak. On the flip side, there is a third plate involved with the EMT 140 from Universal Audio, and that particular one is a much wider range in the frequency, and it used more modern electronics from a company called Martech. And it was recently tuned at the time they did the emulation. Thus, it is the most dynamic in range in terms of just sheer high to low, and also least likely to sound slightly out.
1: <laughs> right. I imagine that, you know, with the service, it, it would be just like you're saying, it would probably sound a little bit cleaner, all this kind of stuff, a little bit more pristine, perhaps. Right. Uh-huh. But then you, I would imagine that you have a little bit more of the character of the older ones that with the different versions.
0: Yeah. For use cases on this, when I mentioned that I may not use the 224 all the time for a tail or something of that nature, a plate is usually a good substitution here, especially on a vocal. Thus, I will use this oftentimes on a vocal or something that needs to sound like it's a little bit more tailed out, I guess is a good way of saying, because you can Longer make plates tails, go for a yeah. very long time that just keeps going and going and going. And going like the Energizer Bunny in a sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you consider because I will with my next choice here? Do you think of this then as a primary vocal thing when you need to go no, outside of the I norm think of a little more? Bit, or?
0: When I want something that's got a bit more of that plate vibe because plate has a very unique characteristic to it it doesn't sound like a room and it doesn't sound like a spring it sounds like a plate that's just constantly going and you don't get all of the short kickback i guess is a good way of saying it that you would get out of a room and you don't get the spring out of it that you would from a spring plate is just plate and plates are also great on things like snare drums when you want to widen A snare or extend its length a little bit without being too obtrusive, a plate's a great way to do it. So there's another use case on it, too, is using it for snare drums and other things of that nature where you don't necessarily need all of the diffusion going on. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was going to say with my choice there again, because I, I have another plate. Now, this is not necessarily a one on one, so I'm bending the rules here slightly. Okay. But this again is an offer from Liquid Sonics, and it's their luscious plates. Mm-hmm. And like the name implies, right? It, it's a plate reverb. Uh, what are they emulating? Well, it's 10 different <laughs> types of plates. Okay. Right? So it's a, so to have different material on the plate. That, that you could have in the plate reverb and therefore it would behave differently and have a different quality to the reverb. So again, with plate, I would treat this as, as a little bit more of a special effect type of thing. It's not my bread and butter go-to. Uh-huh. If I have, and I'm using it, let's say on a vocal throw or something, what I wanted to have, perhaps a little bit more wetter, but but definitely more tail, right? If I use it, on a snare, which again is a great way to do it, then I would do it more as an effect. And for me, this would be something where if it's a track that has a lower tempo, so you can kind of make that breathe a little bit. And sure, you could shorten up the tail, right? But I feel like if it's gonna be one of those plate kind of things, right? (laughs) Sample that. That's how I would use it, where I kind of want that to speak a little bit more. You mentioned the bonus category. What is this bonus? Well, the bonus, before I go into the bonus, and I want to say here first that how I've kind of bent the rules here a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because I mentioned two reverbs here, uh, part of my favorite, that I think are absolutely amazing reverbs that I have messed around with, and I love them is the 7th Heaven and also the Relab. Uh But in complete transparency here, right, I actually use those two reverbs, the Bricosti and the 480, as part of the Verb Suite Classics. Okay. That is part of the Slate Bundle. So just like up front right there, right? (laughs) But it is those two reverbs that I think do an amazing emulation of that. And if you don't know, the Verb Suite Classics is, again, made by Liquid Sonics. It's based on a lot of the same algorithms there. So now that that's out of the way, right? I feel, I feel much better now. <laughs> you feel lighter on the shoulders
0: because I feel right. like, man, I talked actual emulations.
1: <laughs> I know. And Chris just straight up lied to me. Right? Ah, come on. A bonus category. This is not necessarily an emulation when a reverb is based on an actual space, an actual room. Right. This is where it's a little
0: tough, because I'm talking emulations of hardware gear and actual gear in that regard. A room is not so much hardware gear. This is emulating rooms. Not quite the same thing as what I was thinking of when I thought of this title.
1: (laughs) Right. These deserve to be mentioned, though, because what we're essentially doing with reverb is placing our sound someplace. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes just an actual room is very indicative of the sound that we want to get. Right. When we're talking about this, what would be the first one that you would bring up that might fall into this bonus category? The first one that I
0: owned is the Oceanway Studio from Universal Audio. Right. What made it really amazing is, is it's literally two of Oceanway's rooms with the way that they would set up an instrument in each individual room with various mics that you can blend in three categories, meaning up close, in the middle, and further back. And each one of those choices has a means for the type of microphone you want to use and the distance away that you want to put it. Then you can blend them together to make one complete sound. All of it, of course, being from Ocean Way's room A and Ocean Way's room B. I think it is one and It's much thinner and longer. The other one's much more gigantic and big. And it right. sounds so, just like Ocean Way.
1: <laughs> right. No, but I mean, that's an awesome thing to do. So let's say that you've recorded drums somewhere that is, let's say, less than ideal. Uh-huh. Right Now, making use of something like this would be essentially getting more life out of that drum performance, right? Because you can effectively place it in Ocean Way.
0: In an actual so, room, yeah. From r- Ocean right,
1: Way. Right. Which yeah, is awesome. Who who wouldn't want that? Exactly. Right? Especially as a lot of these rooms are going away. They're going the way of the dodo bird, right? So it's almost like a historical representation of that as well. Yeah. True that. Uh, another one that I'm thinking about, I don't own this one, but it's the capital reverb. Yes. And I think that's based have on it. the chamber. Oh, do you? Okay, yes, well, it's based then you on speak the four chambers
0: it. in Capital in Capitol Records, it's based on their four chambers that they have. What's really cool about it is you pick which chamber you want to use. You can pick from several different micings and how far away they set that mic away from the speaker source that reverberates in the room. Much like the Ocean Way thing operates, the Capital Reverb operates the same way, and you can get some pretty amazing sounds out of that. It's crazy, yeah. and it's nice as well. I haven't used it as extensively as I have the Ocean Way, but it's still a very nice reverb.
1: But you've also mentioned in the past when you know, using these sort of air quote actual spaces, mm-hmm. right? you've mentioned like Hitzville. Yes, I did mention that too. Mm -hmm. Which is a fairly
0: newer emulation of a reverb room that Motown used. And it's not just one, it's two. Apparently Motown had two locations. And they did the same thing in both attics where they created a space for doing their reverbs for the Motown sound. Just like the Capital Reverbs, you can choose which of the two locations you want. You have choices of two different speakers feeding the room space and then you have choices of about four three or four different mics and how far away that they are from that speaker source when you put them in there it's really amazing do you get the motown sound yes you can <laughs> <laughs> if you really want that motown vibe get Hitsville usa for the reverb chamber it's awesome you know
1: Assuming, of course, that your players and your song are off to, up to snuff, right? The same level. Sure. <laughs> so, but at least you can sound like <laughs> At it, least right? you can
0: kind of sound like it. Exactly. There's another yeah. one here that we've put into our bonus category. What
1: is it? It's the uh, Eventide T-verb, mm-hmm. which it's a similar concept. Actually, it's the same concept where you're in an actual space. And this is based on the, the Tony Visconti thing, right? Hence the t Verb right T right. in in the, in the plugin name where he worked with uh, David Bowie and you can get that really up close compressed thing with this plugin. What I really like about this one is that anytime I have a vocal I might try this first in its default state. To me it sounds absolutely glorious. Oh yeah. It just puts it in that room and again here you can there's three microphones that you could use. And place sort of virtually in the room, and they have the blending controls, and you can compress them as more of an effect. It's another one that I thought at least garnered a mention here, and that because I think it's a really great sounding reverb.
0: It well. is. I use it a lot on guitars just oh, for dear. the sheer ambience of a room sound on a guitar. I will throw that down. On a bus that goes obviously to the guitar stem, which is really great. The other thing I really like about the interface on it is you can just click on the mic and drag it to some other portion of the room and yep. immediately hear yeah. the change. It's awesome. It's a very you do nice acoustic or electric guy.
1: guitars for yeah. that.
0: Most often it's the electric guitars just for the ambience as if it was sitting in a room for its miking setup.
1: I don't think I've tried that. I have to do that.
0: Yeah. It gets you a real good spatial value on it. That's you ever do what I drums like it for. on it? Yeah, no. I've, just, like I've used it band. on all kinds of things, vocals, bass, keyboards, guitars, drums. I've used right. it on everything. It's a great sounding reverb. And we'd be remiss to say any reverb emulating a room, you got to mention Altiverb, because those guys kind of created that whole space in, in the first place.
1: Yeah, the whole IR thing, mm-hmm. but not just really, really, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And with
0: that, we'll move on to our Friday finds, Chris, what have you got this week?
1: Today I have something in the hardware realm that I thought was absolutely fascinating. Lindell Audio, I think of them primarily as makers of great emulations. They do a lot of stuff with Plugin Alliance, right? They have their Neve channels and all those kind of great emulations of classic gear. They actually do make hardware stuff. And this one really caught my eye. They have their LN76 compressor, what do you think? What kind of compressor is that? Well, it's like the name implies, right? Is an 1176. Now, they don't go as far as to say that this is a clone, but they say it is an 1176 style compressor. Has the same functionality that you would expect on an 1176. Uh-huh. Can do the all button in mode, all this kind of stuff. One thing, well, there's two things really that really caught my eye with this. Because when we talked about UIs or GUIs on 1176 emulations, we discussed the idea of how the attack and release time on the units are technically well, they feel backwards. backwards. they feel backwards. Right. They're not technically right.
0: backwards. They just feel it because that was the way it was designed, but yeah.
1: Right. But on these, they've actually reversed that. They chose, no, the fastest is to the left, not to the right. right? Mm-hmm. So just a little tidbit on that. Also, what I found out was really, really interesting because if you're buying an 1176, an old unit or kit, whatever, it's going to cost you a fair penny. Sure. These are actually $400. Poof. That's cheap. That is cheap. So if you want to be like CLA and have like a rack of 1176 <laughs> beyond yourself, you can actually do that without mortgaging your house. So I thought that was definitely worth a Friday Fine mention here. So That's my choice. What do you got, Jerry?
0: I'm sticking with the reverb vibe that we have with the episode in and of itself. There is another plate reverb by Universal Audio called Pure Plate. It is not modeling or emulating a specific plate like the one from the EMT-140. However, it is a very nice, luscious-sounding plate reverb. And if you need something like that, the Pure Plate is definitely the way to go. It's a simple, easy to use, plate reverb, easy controls, good sound. And that's my Friday Friday, the Pure Plate from Universal Audio. Nice. While we've got your attention, we ask that you go to InsideTheRecordingStudio.com and sign up for our mailing list. You'll need to be on our email list in order to be eligible for future giveaways, and we'll make sure you don't miss any episodes of this incredible podcast send us an email at goldstar g-o-l-d-s-t-a-r at inside the recording with the word reverb and you'll get something cool back in your inbox if you have a topic or suggestion for chris and i to explain in a future episode contact us at the contact page and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode with that i'll say see you next week
1: have a good one jody thank you for listening everybody